Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mdiwa Gavaza, and for today, it is a Friday, uh, which means we get into the hard economics uh, news of the week. So much going on, uh, you know, in and around uh, the economy, inflation, interest rates, um, you know, all of this stuff continues to be things uh, that we look at, and we're definitely going to be touching on them. Uh, But the big news of the week... uh, Um, is that uh, we've had uh, some new numbers coming out in terms of uh, quarterly uh, GDP growth. And uh, I think uh, the the, the right word for, you know, the the, the quarter uh, that we're talking about is that uh, we saw a 0.7% quarter on quarter, um, you know, contraction, um, you know, uh, offsetting the better than expected um, 1.7% first quarter GDP uh, numbers uh, that came out uh, you know a couple of weeks ago and uh, to help us to shed a little bit of light just around what all of that means um, within the context of the economy we are joined by uh, Christy Villune um, who is uh, an economist over at uh, PwC who's going to help us to unpack what all of that means Christy greetings to you today Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, as you said. <laughs> no, 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 no. Thank you so much. I'm sure, you know, whatever time someone is listening to this, uh, they are definitely, uh, you know, well catered. So we've just uh, given that headline number. Um, Christy, maybe you can just uh, unpack it for us a little bit, uh, you know, from your point of view, uh, just around what it means when you see something like that, uh, 0.7% contraction quarter on quarter. Is it really... Is is it really that bad? Where does it put us, um, especially uh, when we're now projecting for that full year, um, you know, GDP number? So obviously in 2021, we saw some big positive numbers uh, as we were bouncing back from COVID-19 and the impact of the worst of the lockdowns. So 2021, we got some got used to some nice positive GDP numbers. Uh, so this number is... Uh, in itself, you know, negative number is bad, uh, but it's also, it shows us that we are seeing this, this slowdown from last year's bounce back. So 0.7%, that's a small number, to be very honest, but it is a negative number. And as every other country in the world also tries to recover from COVID-19, you don't want to see these negative numbers. Uh, so we were obviously a bit disappointed. I think the general expectation was that there would be a negative number. Uh, We know that the second quarter has been tough, both locally and abroad. Uh, The disruption caused by the Russian invasion of Ukraine, we're seeing slower economic growth in the world, higher oil prices, which is making our own fuel very expensive. Uh, We're seeing disruption to shipping. And uh, closer to home, we had uh, instances of electricity load shedding. We had the floods in KZN. So quite a few different factors that combined resulted in this decline in GDP. And I think the the other number we look at, so the 0.7 is a a change quarter on quarter. So that's from the first to the second quarter. The other number that we then keep in mind is the year on year difference. Now that is only 0.2%. So that basically means that our economy was just 0.2% bigger in the second quarter compared to the same time last year. So, I mean, that's that's almost nothing. Um, it, it almost shows us that we, we haven't gotten far in the past 12 months, 
which I think raises a bit of concern because we we really want to see fast economic growth in order to get the, those jobs created fast enough to get this unemployment rate down. So in general, I guess we have to be honest, anytime there's a negative GDP number, we should be concerned. Um, and when it comes to something like that, um, Christy, I like the fact that, you know, you allude to, you know, different ways of how we can, uh, you know, look um, at these numbers and particularly uh, when you then switch it over to a uh, a year on year as opposed to a quarter, quarter, quarter on quarter uh, type of measurement. You do see that um, there is some growth, albeit minuscule, um, you know, um, you know, decimal points, um, you know, of a, of a percent. And from that point of view, um, I'm very keen to maybe get your sense of just given, you know, whatever base effect you're looking at, uh, because, uh, you know, one could argue to say that because of COVID-19, we're coming off of, uh, you know, quite a low base. And if one can only achieve a 0.2% year, you know, year on year comparative um, off of a very low base, then it's really paints a dire picture, doesn't it? It does indeed. So we have to think of it this way, that this time last year, or at least in the second quarter of last year, uh, we still had some significant lockdown restrictions. Uh, so what you're calling that base, it basically means that where we come from, where, where we compare with last year was still a very weak situation. So you would have wanted to see a better year-on-year number this time around. Uh, that 12-month period does include some big, big problems, and we must admit. So it includes the, the unrest that we saw in July last year, uh, which had a negative impact on, on retail, on factories, on transport, and consumer and business confidence in general. Uh, it obviously includes from Feb this year the, the impact of the Russian invasion on Ukraine, which has just reshaped the, the global economic situation. So certainly it hasn't been an easy 12 months, let's put it that way. Uh, But at the same time, we've got expansionary fiscal policy, we still have low interest rates, and we have a drive to put in place reforms to get this economy going. Clearly, the results are not there. Uh, clearly, not everything is in, within our control. We can't control what happens with military activity in Eastern Europe. We can't control what the oil price does in response. Uh, we can't control what the RAND does, the RAND at the moment at a two-year low. So there's many factors beyond our control that's making it difficult to get this going. But, I mean, it's not, it's not new. Uh, we as South Africans, we're used to these international and local challenges. It's just that... In the wake of COVID-19 and in in this scenario where we really need to get jobs back, uh, it's it's frustratingly disappointing uh, where at this stage I think we should have been on a better footing, uh, but lots of things conspiring against us to get this economy on a faster pace. Yeah, no, most certainly uh, one would have hoped that by now would be getting a firmer footing, like you said. So I guess one of the big questions is uh, our response uh, to something like this. Um, If I'm, you know, part of the MPC uh, or any policymaker um, at the moment, how how should we be looking at this? Is it just a quarter and you just say, you know what, um, over time, you know, you see that there will be maybe a general growth trend um, and that this is just probably a bump along the way? Or do we take this quarter and say, 
guys, this might actually be alluding, you know, to a a a, a bigger trend that might lead us, you know, downwards. Um, is it uh, is it really that big? Um, and then I'm thinking as a policymaker, as the MPC. You know, we need to continue that hiking cycle, or do we say, okay, fine, we need to uh, maybe take a more dovish approach and just see how things play out over time? Well, there's definitely some very temporary factors, and some of them that are sticking around for a longer period. So, the the floods we had in KZN, uh, we don't expect them to happen in uh, in the months ahead because of you know how se- how the seasons go. Uh, the the worst of the Ukraine impact is probably over with oil prices coming down. We're seeing uh, grain shipments coming out there, so the, the food prices look better as well. So there are some temporary things that at least for part of the third quarter and definitely heading into the fourth quarter look better. So there will be analysts and most economists will tell you, listen, the the outlook for the second quarter is better or second half of the year is better. um, And their forecasts for, for economic growth will show that as well. But we do have some more I don't want to call it permanent. It's, let's call it structural because that's the, the phrase being used most often. Structural challenges that we have that have been highlighted in the past quarter in those, those second quarter GDP numbers. Um, energy, uh, whether it is electricity or fuel costs uh, and reliability, and also transport, um, ports, harbors, railway. Uh, those are some of the big challenges that we have. We have to acknowledge also that there is being progress is being made. There are some positive developments. Uh, there is work towards getting more, uh, for example, getting more private sector uh, skills and resources involved in managing our port system. Uh, there is a plan on the table to resolve our electricity challenges. It's a bit more of a longer term plan, but things are get, are taking shape there. So with the negative, we have to at least acknowledge that uh, things are are moving in the right direction. I'm not saying fast enough necessarily. We know that, for example, the the work being done under Operation Vulindela, uh, the the targets there are, are items that that has basically taken too long to get done. It's an acceleration project. There's still challenges in getting these things implemented. So by no means and by no way are we really hitting the highway in fifth or sixth gear and the speed of, of making reforms and policies that are necessary. But at the very least, we have to admit that there is some good news on the horizon, some good news happening. I think the one point that is maybe of, 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 of concern or definitely of concern for me is the fact that the, the social compact that, that we're waiting for to be, to be reached by business, labor, government, community organizations, it's it's now months behind behind schedule, uh, and and it's actually gone a bit quiet there. And it's it's a it's an agreement that is being set up that basically brings together all stakeholders to say, this is what we need for our country and our economy to grow and to prosper. Uh, and and firstly we need to agree, and then we need to implement. Uh, and I think implementation that's that's always one of our big challenges. No, most certainly uh, the implementation factor is uh, is a huge one. Uh, we often hear of great plans, um, you know, in South Africa, particularly around uh, the economy, um, as you said. But you know, there'll be great fanfare 
uh, on one side and then after some time if if there isn't accountability um, certain things you know do sort of quieten down um, so you know hopefully um, some of those things you know do start to tick up and particularly energy uh, that point that you made earlier on it's quite a dire situation I think we heard recently that uh, since the start of the year, there have been 91 days uh, of uh, load shedding to the end of August. And right now, South Africa is, I believe, uh, stage two or three of uh, load shedding as we're we're recording this, which is likely one of those things uh, that uh, doesn't bode well, uh, you know, for for confidence in the economy. Um, Now, given the fact that, uh, you know, there are different stakeholders, we've uh, spoken a little bit about uh, government, what they can do, etc. From what you can see, your interactions, um, you know, with private sector players, etc. How are businesses faring? Um, as far as you can see, particularly, we often talk about the corporates, um, you know, from what you can see, how's the business sector faring in this environment? Well, as as with many countries, the recovery from, from COVID has been, some say it's two steps, some say it's this shape or that shape, or it's uneven. And uh, it really depends on who you talk to, in which industry you're talking uh, if you think of hospitality, for example, still struggling, there, you, you're seeing more and more tourists. Uh, if you walk in Cape Town, you hear all the different accents, definitely more than we saw 12 months ago. And I think there's lots of hope for December this year for the, the holidays over the summer looking good. Uh, we've had good times. Well, I'm not going to say good times or great times, but we've had good revenues coming into the mining sector. Uh, because of higher commodity prices, a weaker rand is obviously also in their favor. And then there are dependable sort of growers in the economy. The finance sector uh, has been a dependable grower for quite some time when it when when there's ups and downs in the economy, the banks and so on, they, they find a way of, of pushing through. So uh, there is good news. The bad news is that there are still, still companies really struggling in, for example, construction, um, where the public and the private sector are, are, are not necessarily cutting back, but holding off on infrastructure spending. Um, and, and that directly hits construction, whether it's a big firm or a small firm. You know, the, the construction industry has big players and small players. When a big company builds something, they make use of smaller contractors. So the pain is felt across the, the different industries. And every time you have to deal with something like load shedding, it's a challenge as well. So as we would see in the GDP numbers, it's uneven. Some are doing well, some are not doing well. And we saw this week also the business confidence data that came out still in a net negative position. And I mean, we shouldn't be surprised. We are sitting, uh, the business community is sitting with a bunch of challenges. Uh, If we name just a few of them, the increase in production costs, we know that uh, the, the cost of the producer price index has gone up significantly uh, due to several factors. There's still this uncertainty around certain policies. I mean, that's something that hangs around quite often, most mostly with us in South Africa. So for the business businesses to make decisions or at least have a view on what the next five years, three to five years will look like, there's still lots of uncertainty. Uh, so we're not thriving. We're not prospering yet. I'd say beginning of this year, there was a hope that 2022 would be a good year and it has certainly not turned out as good as we expected. So it's uh, there's still lots of hard work ahead 
in terms of making sure that that the economy can grow again and absorb labor. We saw some some good encouraging employment numbers for the second quarter as well, but there, there's also some cyclical elements in there. So we're actually quite far away from being able to to bring down our unemployment rate sustainably. Um, and as you are, as you said earlier, so what do you think? What do you do when you're a policymaker on the monetary policy front? The Reserve Bank's key focus is still inflation. Um, they've made that clear for you know every time they speak. Uh, with their policy decisions, interest rates are going up. Uh, it's probably just a case of how quickly. There's another MPC meeting this month, and there will certainly be more interest rate increases. On the other side of the policy coin, we've got fiscal policy. Uh, so next month, we've got the medium-term budget policy statement. So that then requires the, the finance minister to take all of those elements into review. Uh, we've got a situation every now and again, we see this these news articles about the tax base shrinking. We've got demands from um, national health insurance that, that's putting price pressure or spending pressure on the state. Um, the continued debate over a basic income grant or something similar. So it's it's certainly a challenging time for the finance minister once again. Uh, when he delivered his speech earlier this year, that was before the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And the outlook for the year was actually good. And in the past few months, it's it's not been as great. So you will have to revise and review and revisit a bunch of assumptions. Um, there's now additional spending pressures as well. So it's certainly not a, an easy situation for him in the next month and a half as we move towards the, the medium term budget. Yeah, most certainly not an easy um, situation, and especially given uh, the basket of factors uh, that you've, uh, you know, that you've just outlined. Um, especially given the fact that uh, that speech is now being given, the midterm one at least is now being given against uh, a completely different set of circumstances. Um, you know, to when things um, were projected at the start of the year, and I guess that ties into uh, that start of the year comment to say at the start of the year there was a lot of positivity uh, but the way that things have gone especially in the global market and a market like South Africa that tends to be very susceptible um, to what's going on uh, in the global economy does um, you know bode in uh, you know somewhat negative ways uh, but I do like the fact that you know we do we do see that balance it's uneven but at least you, one can see that there are clear negatives and that there are clear positives um, you know that are there so at the moment moment uh one of the things that we always ask uh, you know uh, economists that do do join us on the platform um is usually getting a sense you know a pulse check of where things are and one of the easy pulse checks that people tend to ask about is um projections uh, around uh, gdp for the for the year you know how how are you guys seeing it as pwc Yes, so I think many of the forecasts that we've seen out there, uh, let's say before this GDP data came out, were probably around about 2% economic growth for this year. And most most people will revise them down a bit. Uh, I think we still have to get all our clever minds together to do an updated forecast, but probably in, in the region of about 1.8% for this year, uh, with the prospect that we're not probably not going to do better next year. Look, we are getting back to or reverting back towards long-term growth rates that are closer to one or one and a half percent. Uh, so 
the challenge there is not only is it slow, it's, it's relatively slow when you look at the rest of the world, but also it's, it's only barely keeping up with the population growth rate. Uh, and that's why we often think of the National Development Plan goal of more than 5% growth. We think of the economic recovery strategy that aimed for at least 3% growth. That's why we talk about all of these structural reforms that we need to reduce the cost of living and cost of doing business so that we can grow this economy quicker. Because uh, even if we get 1.8 or 2% growth this year, by two or three years from now, we'll be back to like a 1.5% growth, which is certainly not enough. Um, and that's why it's it's so important to to get these changes in place, because every year that we don't do that, we fall further and further behind. That's that's unfortunately the situation. Um, the time for solutions is, you almost don't want to say it's now, it was actually yesterday or last year or five years ago, but given where we are today, uh, the time for, time for change is now. All right. So before we let you go, uh, Christy, just your thoughts, um, you know, on where we are um, in terms of, uh, I guess, uh, the market cycle. Um, you've just outlined for us, uh, I, I guess, a projection, um, you know, the fact that uh, because of what we're seeing now, we're likely to see uh, some of those uh, downward revisions. But as, you know, things recover, you typically tend to see a number of things that happen uh, during any economic recovery. Things start picking up. People start having, getting a little bit more employed. You start getting a little bit more money in people's pockets. Uh, people are now consuming more and more goods. And then you have that inflationary pressure. Um, interest rates, you know, are then tightened up a little bit. And then, you know, you get into that cycle. Obviously, this year, given Russia, given supply, all of that, it's no longer um, the typical thing. And, uh, you know, people floating around words like stagflation, um, you know, out there in the market. So, you know, where do you see things on that front? So the one thing that I think is important to note is that our economic recovery started last year. And something that usually lags a bit behind a general economic recovery is the employment recovery. And that we've actually seen this year. We've seen this year that jobs have been increasing. And I think that despite the pressures we're seeing on the economy, it, it could continue doing so. So we're seeing more job recovery, which in general would be great news. But as you've listed, we've got high inflation. So someone's getting a new job and they're pressured by this high inflation. We've got interest rates going up as well. Um, in the UK and, and some other countries, they're talking about this cost of living crisis uh, where they are seeing inflation rates that we are not too unfamiliar with. Uh, in South Africa, we've got just a, a societal crisis of, of poverty, unemployment, and so on. So we can look at oh, the GDP growth forecast isn't too bad, and the employment is growing again. But in the bigger scheme of things, if we compare South Africa now to before COVID-19, our unemployment rate is higher, our poverty challenges are higher, inflation is higher, and uh, I'm, I'm going to guess that inequality is also worse. So even though we find these positive numbers and even though we read them in the newspaper and, and we can find some analysis that's that's giving us a silver or gold lining, the reality is that our, our societal and our social situation still has a long way to go before we can, can really mark any significant progress. And that's something that that all of us uh, need to, to, to play a role in. 
That's why I mentioned earlier the, the, the social compact, which brings together all stakeholders. This is not something that the private sector or the public sector or the nonprofit sector or the labor organizations, we, can, we can't fix it on our own. Um, it's, a, it's a joint effort. It's a, a rainbow nation effort. Um, and uh, I think if we can, if we can see progress even little, little by little, uh, maybe towards the end of the year and making some of these important changes, then at least it's, it sets us up for a better 2023. So that's been it. Very fascinating discussion. We're talking to uh, Christopher Yoon, who is an economist over at uh, PwC, um, unpacking for us uh, this week's GDP numbers. Uh, we see that uh, that contraction, um, you know, sort of slowing down, um, you know, some of the gains um, of uh, the first quarter where we saw a 1.7%, um, you know, um, growth um, in terms of the economy. But he does does highlight the fact that um, there is a little bit of, uh, you know, framing that needs to happen. You know, you can look at it uh, quarter on quarter and you see that contraction. But, you know, when you then look at it from a year on year uh, point of view, there's a slight and I, you know, emphasize the word slight because it's a 0.2 percent um, increase uh, that's there. But that in itself, you know, sort of shows, um, you know, that uh, South Africa has a ways to go. And one of the things that he does highlight highlight is the fact that, um, you know, going forward, um, South Africa, you know, is likely to start uh, seeing itself, you know, despite all the positives and, you know, uh, a lot of people hoping uh, for that uh, growth to come through, we're likely to settle back into a cycle where uh, you sort of go back to some of the long-term um, growth numbers uh, that we were seeing, the one, the two uh, percent type of numbers that we were seeing in years, um, you know, before the COVID-19 pandemic and also just highlighting, um, you know, all the things that government um, has to uh, wrangle with at the moment, especially um, as uh, finance minister Gondogwana gets ready to deliver that uh, midterm budget speech in just a few weeks. It's a completely different world uh, that we're dealing with. Uh, policy makers, particularly uh, monetary policy makers, are concerned uh, primarily with inflation at the moment and, you know, hope that will be something that we are able to wrangle in. So that's been it. Christy, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, hopefully next time we speak, there's a bit more good news. This is Great discussion and uh, one of the things one can appreciate is looking at the positives and the negatives. Yes, uh, things are not uh, where they should be or could be uh, right now in terms of the economy, but it's always great uh, to see some of those, uh, you know, bright shoots uh, that are going on. The fact that, um, you know, over the last year, commodity prices did help, uh, you know, to prop up the fiscus in some way. Um, you know, the fact that there is, you know, some jobs growth that is happening in the economy, right? So we continue to watch how things go um, over time and especially um, global factors because those things really are um, affecting uh, the local the local environment. One can, you know, just take a look at the currency uh, where it is right now and you definitely see uh, where all of that is coming from because uh, dollar strength has really done a lot to weaken uh, the local 
local currency. So those global factors really coming through. Not to say that uh, the local factors are important, but simply to say uh, that those uh, international factors, you know, play a huge role. And on that local front, um, policymakers are caught between a rock and a hard place. One um, can sympathize uh, that uh, it's not easy, you know, the things that people have to be dealing with, um, growth, you know, at the same time trying to support people, trying to make sure uh, that uh, the economy is, you know, accessible to people and uh, are not, uh, you don't have a population that is priced out uh, when it comes to, you know, just your basic commodities and your goods. We we'll wait to see, but, uh, you know, some of these, uh, you know, GDP projections, uh, one just hopes that, uh, you know, we do continue to see somewhat, at least in the long term, right? You do have a positive quarter and then a negative one. One just hopes that the subsequent quarters will um, indeed end up being positive just so that um, the year can end off on a positive note. And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. Thank you to our amazing team. Our producer is Paige Muller. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight which is a multimedia live production. So for myself and the rest of the team, it is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.